Alright, you're listening to Record Night, episode 5, I'm Chris. I'm Ryan. And what are we doing Record Night? We each bring a record for each other to show off, and it's kind of part review, part analysis, part just hanging out with your bud, and yeah. we listen to the albums. Yeah. So uh, I brought, today I brought Big Thief's uh, Two Hands, and what'd you bring? I brought Pyroclast by Sun. Nice. And it looks like, you, you know, the Sun uh, Amplifying Company. Sort of yeah, that's how they got their name. Yeah, yeah and the... the when you see them, like, when you see it, you know, typed out, it's got this parentheticals there on the other. Yeah, so it, it's not Sun O, it's have just you, pronounced Sun. Have you heard of someone to call it Sun O yet? Oh, a lot, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I yeah. would say, uh, maybe, I, I think 100% of people when they first read it are like, oh, that's Sun O. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's just Sun. They just also, when you type it out, draw out the little logo. Yeah, so, um... I feel like Sunno or Sun rather. Sun. It's the same way that people mispronounce Soup John Stevens. Like 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 it's it looks like Suf Chan. Yeah. So I've heard people call it that, me included, when I first heard it, and then when I heard him actually say his name, I was like, "Fuck!" Now yeah. I have to change it. Um, but yeah, uh, I want. Here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to go to that fridge behind you. Okay. Pick out two dark bottles. Two dark bottles. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they're right there. And, um, for you? Yeah, for me. And uh, what I picked up me? yesterday is, uh, <laughs> it's called uh, Mango Kush Wheat Ale from um, from uh, Sweetwater. I've for- actually been wanting to try this. Oh, well, look at you. Yeah, so do you know why they call it the 420 strain? Yeah, because it tastes like it, it tastes like him. It really does. Right, because yeah. um, hops, their closest relative is marijuana. I didn't know uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, all. so all they needed to do was adjust some of the flavors and basically make it taste like weed instead of tasting like uh, the floral, hoppy flavor that you usually get. So it's still hops. It's not hemp or anything, but yeah, that's why it, they got it to taste like weed. The 420 strain. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's try uh, it. Do you have a bottle yeah. opener? Uh, yeah. Um, oh, read you. Yeah, read that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, that I'll pop this guy up. So it says, uh, a second sticky hit from 420 strain. It's like their second one. Uh, an American wheat packed with herbal, juicy mango notes and distinctive oh, dank nose. It dank nose is <laughs> right. <laughs> um, strange specific terpenes and natural hemp type flavors can complement the hop and malt bill, delivering an ale with this fresh olfactory bonus rip. A strange new brew, a uh, strange new strain indeed. Haven't tried it yet. So I've had a four twenty thing before. I don't know if it was sweet water. Jesus fuck Here, let's, let's take a hit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, you can definitely taste like, yeah, the, I definitely taste it right afterwards, like like the the skunkies taste of those. Yeah, I've never smoked weed, so I don't know what it tastes like, uh-huh. so I don't know if it's accurate to the the weed flavors, but it definitely smells like somebody smoking weed next to you, and I don't, oh, yeah. I don't I think, think you've done that way more. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I don't get the mango at all. Yeah, I was kind of hoping I'd get more mango in this, but it's not bad. Yeah, I like it quite a bit. Uh, so why don't you start us off with Big Thief this yeah, week? I've heard of them, and I've heard this album's been getting a lot of good... Uh, it's been getting a lot of praise, a lot of really good reviews, yeah, yeah, and it's so been like on my list of, I should probably check this out, and then I just listen to my own shit. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's my list, too. <laughs> so Big Thief, they are... This is their fourth record. Um, they Their first record came out in uh, 2016 called Masterpiece uh, on Saddle Creek, mm-hmm. the label that has put out Bright Eyes, and... And cursive and all those uh, email bands you listen to when you were sixteen, right? Um, uh, that you listened to when you were sixteen. Yeah, me. Yeah, you had. You were the one who had an emo phase. I was, I was, phase. Yeah. <laughs> You're um, the one who is emo. Yeah, uh, but uh, they're kind of like a. Uh, I guess I call them. They they've gone from folky to more indie rock, mm-hmm. which is a lot, a lot of bands do that when they. Because a lot of people they'll start out so and then they go with the band and they sort of mold the sound around what the band can do. Right. And so they'll sort of branch out and say, "Hey, this is a rock record." So I guess the best way to put it is there any rock, but again, that's as nebulous as saying something's metal. Yeah, or you something's uh, it, what alternative rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's a them. It's a. It's really just um. If you look up uh, the Wikipedia, the only person they have a separate page on is a lead uh, artist named Adrian Linker. She's a um. I would say she's the major songwriter of the group, and if people talk to someone about like the, from Big Thief, uh-huh. they'll talk to her. Okay, she's the lead vocalist, and I guess the front person. So it's kind of the the face and the spokesperson. The face, yeah, right. And so, um, they've been pretty consistent with records, actually. So in twenty, uh, I know you said four, yeah, four albums since twenty sixteen. Yeah. So the, the next year, about a week after they've released uh, 
their first one, they released another one called Capacity, also on Saddle Creek. Uh-huh. Also a pretty great record. Um, they, she has a, her voice is real wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, like, a lot of great indie rock bands, there's a, there's a hint of anxiety in all the music. Right. Um, <clears throat> and so, two years go by after Capacity, and in May, uh, about a year and, I guess, like, eight months after, after Capacity came out, uh, in tw- oh, two years, uh, UFOF, UFOF came out, and that was in May, and that was the first record this year. Um, oh, so it's two this year. Yeah, two this year. Damn. And so, uh, you know, uh, it came out, I bought it, obviously, because uh, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty good fan of, like, like, a little just about casual, like I am from Bonover. Okay. But, uh, UFOF, it's, it's been wiggling my way, and it's raining all around since I heard it, and then I hear they come out with another, and I'm like, fuck, like, I barely, <laughs> I barely got this other one assimilated, and this new one's called Two Hands. I bought it today. It's called Two Hands? Two Hands. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it came out... I relate with that. Yeah, because we all have two hands. Mm-hmm. Most of us. Right. Yeah. I personally have two hands. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, uh, but that's interesting. It's the second album of this year, because I also brought an album that is the second release from a band this year. So, what I've read about Two Hands is that it was... Uh, they released... They re- they record most of this at the same time, uh-huh. and they separated into two records, because uh, they didn't want to do the other record, or... They wanted more done on this part of it, right? Gotcha. A lot of people, a lot of times, bands will be like, "This is the B side," or they'll release it and say, "This is a record, but it's B side." So, like, like we see, can stay like a record. Uh, I haven't really got clarification on what this. Is. They they're making it seem like it's just just a new record, which is fine by me. Uh, I'm here excited to hear it. Both UFO UFOF and Two Hands have gotten great praise. Yeah. Um, and so I'm excited to hear this record. Um, I am too. Uh. Correct me if I'm wrong, but four AD. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the is last that the? No, I'm, I might be wrong. The people who also do movies, or is that twenty four A? It's twenty four A. Okay. I've, I've made that mistake plenty of times. Yeah, I was looking. I was like, wait, they do. They, they do, do indie films and indie records. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, four AD. Do you know anything about them? Yeah, they, them? The, four AD put out their last two. So the first two were on Saddle Creek, then they jumped to four AD. Uh, I'm sure there's no, I don't know if there's a blood or not, but um, right. I mean, as you both, as we know, growing up in the age when Napster was just, like, destroyed the music industry, mm-hmm. no one makes money on records anymore. Unless you're, like, Lady Gaga. Like, like, I think they do now, now that uh, Vinyl's wait. back to being, like, huge. Oh, yeah. This, like, I think it's, this year it surpassed CDs mm-hmm. as far as sales go, and I think we're starting to get close to the point uh, that it was like when records were the dominant format. Oh, and I also think that um, I noticed that Spotify is paying artists more. Well, yeah, because everyone threatened to jump ship to Tidal or Apple Music. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know that like Jay Z and like Arcade Fire were like once putting Tidal out. They're like, this is where musicians get paid. And t- Spotify's like, well, fuck, I guess if no people will jump, we'll go. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, so uh, Jeffrey Lewis, the guy we talked about last week, he had a picture on his Facebook about six months ago of a check he got from Spotify for one cent. Oh, yeah. I mean, they they pay more. They still don't play, pay much. Yeah. Like, I think uh, the analytics were weird, but it was like per play, it was like a thousandth of a cent. God damn. So it's like to make a dollar, or to make a cent, you had to get a thousand plays. Well, at least you got a thousand plays. <laughs> yeah, or something like that. It might even be less. So it's like you can't, you don't really make money off of Spotify. I, I mean, uh, the, yeah, the bands that probably get anything from Spotify are people that people listen to them on Spotify and become fans and yeah. see them live. Exactly. I think bands do make more from touring and selling merch and stuff. So if you're seeing a band live, make sure you at least buy a t-shirt or an oh, album. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone, any show I go to, I buy something. You gotta. Yeah. That, I didn't... Would I buy... Did I buy anything at the pre-show we went to? I thought you did. I thought I did, Did you buy too. a shirt? No. I bought something. I don't know. I can't remember what you bought. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did buy something, and we were like one of like thirteen people there at the show. Yeah, that was a really good show, though. Yeah, it was. And it was and my first time going to Record Bar. Oh, you've never been there before? No, or at least not since it did. Nope, that was my first time there. Okay, yeah, it's it's a nice little place. So, yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, so you already listened to record? Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to it. Uh, this is uh, Big Thief Two Hands, and you can listen to it on Spotify or any place you listen to music. Yeah. Let's do it. Playlist will be released along with it, and yeah. if you want to listen along, pause the thing, listen to it. If not, we'll see in about 10 seconds or so. Okay, so that was Big Thief's Two Hands. Cool. That's not quite what I expected, but... 
I think I enjoyed it. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> so, uh, Adrian Linker, she, uh, well, I should start, Big Thief, they actually recorded this whole record in, um, Texas, in next El Paso. Mm-hmm. While the other one, UFOF, was recorded in Washington State. Um, she has an interesting, uh, way of writing and a distinctive voice. Um, they're from New York City, Brooklyn area. Okay. Um, so, uh. Yeah, that was this new record. Um, they recorded it differently than the last record. They did it all in one sort of room, like together live. Okay, yes. I can. I it definitely felt like that. I know on, gosh, what song was it? I was looking at. They put the uh, the credits after each song, mm-hmm. and on replace that one was. It says it was recorded in like a demo cabin, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I didn't really notice any sort of like discernible difference yeah, yeah. with it being recorded in a different place but it, it all it all definitely felt like live and yeah. they were in the same place so this record is sad <laughs> it's it's slow and quiet uh, in a lot yeah. of places um i i thought it was the perfect album for the current weather we have right now oh yeah <laughs> like uh i feel like this one will come up like if i'm driving around on kind of it's dreary today it's yeah. a little cold yeah, yeah. um you know, just fall weather, yeah. almost winter. Um, but I would probably put this on while I'm cruising around, <laughs> wallow in fall a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So, um, first song's a rock and sing. It's uh, more of an intro, I think, than a song. I feel like it's uh, slow, quiet, and I mean, Linker's what Linker's vocals emote, I guess. But it's yeah. a short one. It's a really short. It is song. short. I said it was kind of a weird opener for yeah. an album, like because it wasn't quite an intro. It yeah. wasn't like a little like instrumental thing like intros sometimes are it was a little longer than normal intro but then it also it was really slow yeah but it also i felt like it didn't really set the tone for the album but i also felt like (laughs) i wrote this down while we were uh, listening to it i was like yep this is indie rock (laughs) there were parts in it like some of the guitar lines that i was like were kind of like modest mouse inspired a little bit like it doesn't sound like modest mouse you can sort of hear the folky americana roots and oh yeah a lot of through a lot of this record especially in the next song on the record which is my favorite of the Hmm. record called forgotten eyes um this and when that starts out the full band reveals itself they just yeah this one was definitely a little more uh rocking yeah i guess a head nodder (laughs) Yeah. yeah um I mean, the lyrics kind of point to homelessness, and they, well, that's kind of what I got from it. Yeah, um, I do also know, sh- and I'm sure every person who knows about this sort of tries to find it somewhere in their songs, because one of those interesting things about the lead singer is she grew up in a cult. Oh, really? Yeah, a religious cult. So um, I'm sure that, you know, like when people listen to Elliot Smith songs, they're like, this song's about addiction, how it gripped them. But like, like I don't, th- I, you know, I'm going to... Think about it a second, a little bit, but yeah, it's it's a good song. Um, interesting chorus about it, but it's hard to know what she's referring to. Yeah, but it all, like it also doesn't seem like it's her talking about like her home, her own homelessness yeah. or anything. That's like she's just kind of like looking at it, like she's yeah. maybe driving through it, her old town or something. But yeah, it definitely doesn't seem like she's talking about herself, right? Um, so. I mean, it's not my favorite song. Right? It's a good song, though. Probably one of the better ones on on the this record. Um, going together. Next one's called "The Toy." Uh huh. Um, I read this one's about gun violence. This song. So the toy in my hand is real. I could see that. Yeah. yeah which I mean, there's definitely as a boy growing up, I had a fucking armory of toys like <laughs> yeah so i had nerf guns cap guns stuff like that so i don't know maybe there's something about um i guess training us at a young age to be violent with these toys that are eventually real when we're old enough to buy them <laughs> yeah they're just like four verses on the song mm-hmm. uh you know some people can look at it as a velveteen rabbit when you love the thing it comes real you know mm-hmm. the toy man is real uh and you know it does everything, like, it does this, and I like this a lot, when, in verse 4, they strip away the per- percussion yeah. to make sure it's still listening. <laughs> they do they do that a few times, where yeah. like, they'll drop out different instrumentation, they do that throughout the album. Yeah. Um, this one had kind of, like, an interesting beat to it, where so you had these, like, long held notes, Yeah. and then she'd finish the line with, like, a quick, like, da 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 I thought that was really cool. But yeah, uh, it's also another slow dance song. <laughs> yeah, but this one has uh, right around the line uh, "ringing and ringing." Mm-hmm. 
if you listen, like the drums are going crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he's just doing some like really cool like jazz drumming fill stuff that mm-hmm. is just like, oh, that's that's perfect. Like somehow <laughs> it fits in here, even though he's going crazy. Um, and it also has a really good uh, like in jam. You know how I oh, like yeah. in jams. Yeah, yeah. They've got a cool uh, music thing that they keep playing, and they explore it properly. I felt like Forgotten Eyes just kind of ended. Like it uh, sounds like they just literally like stopped. Yeah. At the end of Forgotten Eyes, because it's like, some of them keep playing a little bit more. Uh-huh. It's just like, oh, we're stopping. Okay, yeah. we're done. <laughs> yeah, you have, you have a problem with people with the band. When the singer's done, you're like, we're done. Yeah, they did a really good job on this of... Because there's... I think that instrumentation on this album is a lot more interesting than it initially lets on. Oh, sure. Like, sure. it just kind of sounds like, oh, we've got our chords, we've got our slow drumming, mm-hmm. here's the bass drown out and everything. But uh, what I would stop listening to the vocals every so often and kind of like listen to what the music was doing and mm-hmm. it was like there was a lot of really good guitar interplay and like the drums it the seemed loose really but good. tight if it, yeah. makes sense, it makes sense like like they knew where the membrane was and they didn't test it too much as a band you know what I mean yeah um, then we move on to Two Hands the title track of this record yeah uh, I really like the lyrics of this one uh, the thing I didn't like is that uh, I kept expecting it to build me too. I uh, it, like. I'm ex- waiting for the song to like kick off to start because <laughs> it, it hinted at it in the uh, chorus. Like yeah. the bass would come in a little bit. Something yeah. that you'd hear a snare, yeah. <laughs> and then it'd just be like, "Oh, we're done now." Um, but once I sort of got the the groove of this song, I was you know, as was like sparse but full. That's how I felt about it. Um, so the best I liked a few of the lines in this uh, song, um, like "New friend, I can make some." Uh-huh. And that's the first one, the first line. And then the leader on the song, the last verse says, New friends, you can make some. I feel like this song, I mean, it's it's a roundabout way of talking about the dissolution of, like, a relationship. Uh-huh. Like, sort of like like we're growing apart over time. Like, for example, uh, I could not take you through. Like, sort of, I could not take you through all the way I'm going through, so I'm leaving here. Right. Um, it's a really interesting way to go about talking about it. Um, and, uh... I don't, I, like you were saying, dreary weather. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of dreary weather in this, like, like. There are. Especially, um, like, we'll get a couple songs in where I was, like, legitimately surprised by how, like, I guess how dark it got. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was, I was waiting for this song to, to crescendo or come to the, to the point where it's all going, but it didn't, and maybe it's better for that? Maybe, I don't know. I wish it, once... Later on in the album, they actually do, like, a full kind of, like, extended jam. Yeah, yeah, And it's yeah. like, oh, man, they're really good. And it's like, I kind of want more of this. Yeah, you want more uh, of a little showboating. Yeah, yeah, so I, I feel like Two Hands really could have done you, that. I feel like there's a lot of interesting stuff there and a lot of moments that they could have kicked it off that they didn't. Yeah, yeah. So, Those Girls. Uh, I This was my favorite on this side. Of the record, I like this one a lot. I, I like uh, you know the terms like island and demons, you know isolation, maybe doubt. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I I was trying to trying to suss out the lyrics, maybe what it means, and what I have is like um, so sort of falling in love with someone who someone that you were jealous of someone else of being with, and now you're with this person, the jealousy's dying, but everyone else is telling you that this love they have. Is alive with this person, like like they're not they're not really there, right? And that's all I can get, like when it comes to those girls and yeah, I think you're onto something with yeah, that, yeah. And that's that's the end of side one, yeah. Um, and then I strongly preferred side two on this. Oh yeah, yeah. I think side two had some really really solid stuff. Um, it did all the things I wanted it to do. Oh yeah, you're waiting for the first... waiting wait for the jamming, and they do the jamming, <laughs> so I like that. Um, but shoulders, yeah. Uh, was the one I was talking about, uh, where it, like it almost has like a plot twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this one's up there in my favorites, um, where it's you know asking someone to wake up, stuff like that. Like it kind of hints me, like yeah, yeah like it it hints that there's something, but then it the turns out she's trying to wake up a dead person who maybe her mom maybe like cause... no I think she's trying to wake up like her dad or someone like that who had just killed the mom yeah and yeah like made domestic abuse in this somewhere and then yeah later on the song i sort of get the feeling that uh she's killing our mother so she's a sibling oh yeah yeah so i'm sort of uh wondering if sort of the first verse about her father and the second one's about her sibling 
because uh, she says best friend, and you know, a lot of people have their siblings are their best friend, right? Um, you know, it, it's a monster inside is a good, good way to put it, like mm-hmm. um, saying, you know, the person who killed her mother, uh, and she feels that you know, she knows that she's part of that person who's hurt her so much, or right? Hurt someone she loves so much, um, mm-hmm. and shoulder, and then. You know, shoulder, I guess shoulder to crown. Like, shoulder yeah, the brunt. Like This song, I started to no- notice there's like a lot of like arm-based imagery yeah. on this album. There's a lot of stuff with hands and shoulders and arms, but they she comes at it in just different ways. Yeah, sometimes it's that they hurt her, sometimes they comfort her. Yeah, comforting. Um, sometimes they're not comforting. Sometimes they're like holding you back or yeah. letting you go. Like it's... Yeah. I don't know. It was really interesting that it just sh- kept showing up. I mean, even the title of the album is Two Hands. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, moving to the next one, Not. It's a, by the way, I like Not a lot. I don't know if you did. I This uh, is my favorite. Oh, okay. Wow, yeah. okay. Yeah, because... Okay, so it starts out sort of typical Big Thief. Yeah. Um, um, well, past records, they sort of have this this sort of groove going. But she does something that uh, is interesting. She's done throughout the past couple records. Is that she's very, very ambiguous on gender. Oh, yeah. yeah I thought that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, um, and you see that more in Cut My Hair. But, um, but uh, you know, she, uh, she, uh, she passed an interview, something important, but she, she, you know, she uh, believes that gender's not binary. Uh, she, uh, she doesn't really see a difference when it comes to like, gender. Like, a, right. Like, it can, either way for her, well, I guess, either all the things. It doesn't matter songwriting at all, right? Um, and uh, it's it's a nice little like like you know like you said you like this song a lot probably because the degenerate noise at the end like I starts, like the jam at he the starts end. to noodle yeah you know, like stuff that you can you stuff you make up as you sort of go along yeah um that was and it it was fluid this whole uh, this whole last part of the last part of the song was. Is fluid. They were all kind of working together and playing off of each other. But mm-hmm. as far as like the lyrics go, uh, I really like. I, I, I kind of like songs with gimmicks, and mm-hmm. this song has a every line starts with not or nor. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. every song is like it's not something. Nor is it this. Yeah. Nor is it this. Nor is it this. So you, you, you like that song? I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's it's a really a, it's interesting a very, way to write. It's a very wordy song. Yeah, <laughs> lots of lots of lines. Um, uh, there's also right around. Uh, Maybe around the halfway point, if it's we're counting the jam, though, like not what you really wanted. It for like a whole uh, verse, a lot of down. the instruments drop out. Yeah, yeah, it's in the strip which again keeps changing, and in the end, you can sort of settle into. Especially yeah. if you're, if it's like you, where you're just like, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I loved i I loved the end jam on this one. Like it, it really feels like these are a bunch of musicians who know how to play together. Oh, sure, and the whole sure. album feels that way. Like. I think you were saying early on that like they kind of shifted to more of like a mellow thing, mm-hmm. which it it's definitely more mellow. But there's just a lot of interplay between stuff that yeah, if you're not listening for it. Yeah. You don't really notice. This it. isn't John Denver, you, you hear, like, right? <laughs> like like, and also the weirdness are are not something like they're not comfortable. No, <laughs> not at all. Uh, she has a uh, the lead singer Adrian has a mournful howl. Yeah, yeah, she has a she has a really interesting yeah, it's voice, very interesting, but it's it's not annoying. No, it's, it's not. interesting. There's yeah. there are a lot of interesting voices that are annoying, and this yeah. isn't one of them. <laughs> all right, um, that brings us to Wolf. Yeah, and I mean the title of the song says, "Oh, I feel it's about about a predator," mm-hmm. um, but also sort of like, man, uh, it's so. For example, it starts out with her basically this person that she's with. Leaving, uh-huh. uh, wondering like you usually wonder, did this person even say goodbye? They just get up and go. Yeah, because she, you know, the pillow is still warm. That sort of thing. Wishing would stay. Yeah. Um, and I, like, I don't, I don't know how I feel. Uh, how to, how to, how to interpret the song? Like, like does she? Because to me, like, I, I would be a <laughs> this person that. It seems like a lot of people she's she gravitates towards in these songs are kind of shitty. Yeah, <laughs> like they're just a lot of them are trying to get away from her. Yeah, in, yeah. In any way possible, yeah. like, <laughs> just leaving her without saying anything. Yeah, there's I mean, one in "Cut My Hair" where it's like they're threatening to kill themselves. Yeah, like, just get away from me. Yeah, yeah. And so Wolf, I mean, she knows what she's dealing with in there, but she still wants to be around that person. 
Yeah, I didn't have a whole lot with the lyrics on this one. Um, it's but, it's it's definitely it's a, the acoustic song on the record. Like yeah, this um, one's a little dense lyrically. Yeah, uh, I really liked the guitar interplay at the beginning, mm-hmm. but I also just as I was listening to it, I kept catching glimpses of things that it like reminded me of. Yeah, like it's <laughs> the opening sounded like um, I think it's called "Best Friends" by the White Stripes. The opening to Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then while that's going. It seems like the guitar line from Blackbird by the Beatles comes in. Okay. It's one of the interplay things. And then when it goes down, it's the part they're playing when she's saying, when she's doing like the ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she's doing that. <laughs> it sounds like Adam's song by Blink-182. Okay. Well, that's really strange. I didn't get any of that. Like, I just kept picking up on them and it was just like weird. Yeah, okay. Like, a lot of it kind of felt like I had heard it before, but not in a bad way. Just, but maybe not even, they probably weren't even influenced yeah, by those, but it's just like, I kept picking up on those. Like, oh, yeah. weird. Yeah. So... Um, I, I have one more thing to say about the lyrics in this song because I yeah. just found it in my notes. Nice. Um, the narrator sounds obviously more invested than her partner. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah, like 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 the like I know people that are in relationships like that right now. Like you have this person who's so fucking in love with this other one, and the other person seems like, well, you're not part of my plans, really. <laughs> like, right. You know, so uh, we'll hang out when it's convenient. Yeah, yeah, and, and she's like, and this girl's like, or uh, Adrian's like, oh yeah, I'll be with you whenever you need it. I'll, I'm yeah. right there to get taken by you. You know, and hurt by you again. <laughs> right. Uh, and then that brings us to Replaced. Yeah. I've noticed that in, throughout the story, there's a lot of celestial references, uh-huh. especially in this song, Moon Stars. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know if I really like this song. Uh, I was fine on this one. Yeah. Uh, this one definitely had more of the, uh, like the Americana country vibe. Uh-huh. But that, I think a lot of that was in part to like the twangy, tremolo-y guitar that yeah. they had on there. Which I think was trying, they were using be, to evoke the imagery, like the desert imagery yeah. that they had, the canyons, with the rivers, in Santa Fe, yeah, yeah. and all that. So it definitely had more of that vibe. Yeah, there was a little interplay, I liked Mystery of the Stars, Mystery of the Heart, are they really different in the first place? Yeah. You know? Like, uh, how much do we know about hearts, uh, know about distant quasars, like, deep in the galaxy, sort of how I got about it? Like, mm-hmm. they're both mysterious, but... How we you know about as much as we do about the other one? We know how they work, but we know what, they, what the mysteries are. Exactly. Um, yeah, this one uh, was the only one on the album that was co-written by one of the other people. Brian Meek, I think. Right? Uh, Buck Meek. Buck Meek. Of course. Uh, he also is credited in a lot of other songs for doing backup vocals. Yeah. But yeah. this is the only song I heard him on <laughs> yeah. when he was singing. So it's like I don't know how deep he was if they turned they forgot to turn his mic on in yeah, the studio or something he, for most of the songs but i liked it i thought it worked really well in here uh having him kind of sing along with the the choruses right which brings us to the last song on the record cut my hair which i need um, to cut my hair <laughs> so um so uh i don't know if uh i've been through big breakups in the past 10 years and every time i got broken up with a broken song i cut my hair really so uh and that's apparently a common thing I didn't know about till recently. Hmm. So it's losing the way I see it is sort of losing the past by talking to this person, trying to, like you said, <laughs> trying to. I feel like they're trying to disconnect, but they can't let go. Right. Um. Uh. And this person also keeps it narrowing around by being sweet and sort of promising safety. Right. But again, she trying to get her cut. <laughs> yeah, I think this was another one Where, of the, yeah. uh, like the fluid gender thing. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned so. I really liked, uh, like, was it, yeah, talk to the boy in me, he's there. Yeah. Also, it talks about the, the hair, if you notice the hair, it's back and forth between dinner. She says the long white one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So This is a cool song. I liked the lyrics on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went over my head a <laughs> little bit in this one, too. And let, like, it seemed like a lot of them were kind of like, Little vignettes from this relationship, um, but I'm not sure who Annie is yeah, yeah, yeah. and what diamond mines burning represent. So, uh, um, but I sort of felt like it was again uh, this person warning her about this person, mm-hmm. but but the narrator ignoring, saying, "I know these things are burning. It does not matter to me. Get the fuck out of here!" Like, right? Or maybe she sees there's a there's a good like relationship in there. You know, you've got the diamonds, mm-hmm. but. The mind's on fire and it's a dangerous place to be. Yeah, and this person's saying, hey, I know this path you're going down. Uh-huh. And, and there is like, yeah, yeah, scram. Yeah, pushing <laughs> her away, but she keeps returning. Yeah. 
So uh, that uh, was... I like actually I liked in this one just to get the instrumental part yeah. in there. Um, it had this cool kind of like organy choir like drone going mm-hmm. in the background that I think was probably layered vocals and yeah, yeah. Like a super reverby guitar, <laughs> but because there's no credit on here for organ or anything like that. But yeah. um, I don't know. I like that. It it kind of laid a nice little layer down. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing on this album is it opens and closes with kind of these like slower downer songs yeah. uh which i is a weird way to kind of open and close the album yeah but i didn't i didn't hate it yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I actually really like this i think this was perfect for oh especially for today for today's weather yeah, I, yeah. my listening mood is very much affected by the weather yeah so it's like oh if it's a nice day i've got my rotation of albums that i listen yeah. to if i've got if it's you know a day like today got yeah. my rotation if it's uh snowing i've got like it's genres and stuff i'll listen to but this might end up in my dreary weather (laughs) rotation so the thing about uh about album art um and you know a lot of times it really affects the way you sonically view a record like in your head like i see lots of blues and greens or whatever you know um they kept this one pretty sparse just a picture of the band the inside just is um you know just ethereal i guess like the inside, just... yeah. The inside's just green with lyrics. Yeah. The front is a photo. Yeah, of them where it's like they're in kind of a forest environment, yeah. but you can't really see it. Then the back is blurry. They, like like <laughs> like the, 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 the film company, <laughs> like, like Focus Features or something. Like oh that. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah. how's this? How's this rank? You um, you've listened to the other Big Thief ones. Where does this sit amongst? Man, this their... is a second over their last one. Actually, really? So their yeah. last one's your favorite? Yeah, I like a UFO, UFOF a lot. Uh, I've been in this basement plenty of times, laying on the couch listening to UFOF and really enjoying it. And um, I feel like this one just seems a bit more nervous. I guess, right? So, yeah. Um, but I, I really liked them, and I'm, I'm glad they released the second record this year. Nice. And I feel satiated until you know a year from now when they release the next one. <laughs> release another two. So, uh, so speaking of laying on the couch and listening to stuff. Yeah. That is probably the best way to enjoy the album I brought. And you brought Sons... Sons Pyroclass, which okay. is their second album this year. Uh-huh. Um, which, let me tell you a little bit about Sun first, and then I'll I'll talk about it, because this album does something really, really interesting okay. that now I'm like, okay, every band needs to do this Can you now. give me another beer, by the way? Of course. Yeah, thanks, sir. Thank you. I'll probably grab one myself. Um, so Sun is two, it's mainly two dudes. Okay. It's, uh, Stephen O'Malley and Greg Anderson. They've been around for a while, right? It's been a bit. They, their first album came out in, uh, 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least their first studio album. And they were more or less inspired by another one of my favorite bands, Earth. Oh, yeah. Earth yeah. released Earth 2, and it's kind of this just big, monumental drone guitar thing yeah just heavily distorted and reverby and echoey guitars but Earth, aren't they um more known for uh what's that record the bees bees made honey in the lion skull yeah and that and that like they're like they're sort of like where everyone knew of earth uh maybe i think it's definitely their most popular i, I mean, personally think it's, is it the most accessible yes okay um because early on they were just like a straight up drone band and then they took like a 10 to 15 year hiatus yeah and then came back with uh, that more kind of uh, country cinematic sound. Yeah. So the when of Earth also is that the lead singers <laughs> had some legal trouble <laughs> that we don't know really much about. Yeah, I think it's mostly drugs and uh, things like that. Uh, yeah, he sold his big claim to fame before Earth was he sold this shotgun to Kurt Cobain the one he killed himself with, right? Oh, uh, he bought the one. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But his, he was his best friend. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, I think that was probably why he. Uh, took a hiatus, probably got more into drugs. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a shitty situation to be in, but I'm, I don't know, I'm glad he's back. He seems to be doing a lot And you like the record? Uh, I love Earth. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think they've released a bad album. Okay. All right, uh, so, Sun. Sun. Yeah. Uh, so, the name is taken from the amplifiers, and it's uh-huh. even stylized like the amplifiers, but they chose the name because it's, it relates to Earth. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, they wanted to do a very similar thing, but they're They've been pretty consistent with kind of heavy guitar drones. Yeah. But they change it up a little bit. Okay. Um, it's all still kind of the same basic formula, but they've done... 
They did uh, White 1 and White 2, which so, one of them was more like a collaboration album, which was White 1, uh, where it was, like, it was three songs, and they each did different things. Uh, White 2 was a lot more playing around with, uh, like, computers and effects mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, then we get to Black 1, which is not related to the whites at all, because it's white, number one, white, the number two, okay. and then this is black one, each okay. word spelled out. Okay. It's their black metal album. Oh, yeah? So it's heavy, it's droney, but it's all, like, black metal aesthetics. So are, are there um, lyrics, or are they instrumental mostly? Uh, this one that I brought is instrumental. Okay. Um, but they do, they do for the most part, have lyrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to Monoliths and Dimensions, which I think is their best one. Right. It's... It's really varied. They do a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, they team up with a lot of like classical musicians. Like they don't bring like an orchestra, but there's like trombone notes in there. There's people playing like conch shells. Yeah, yeah. And it's really cool, really lush. Um, then they released Canon, which it was fine, but it it felt like it had been done before by them. Okay. Uh, and then we get to this year, which they released. Two albums. They did Life Metal earlier this year, mm-hmm. and then Pyroclass. Okay. Um, Do you feel like these are companion pieces? Because a lot of people saw... It's, it's more than a companion piece. And okay. I'll, I'll get into why it's okay. so cool and why more bands should do this. Uh, Life Metal was recorded by Steve Albini, mm-hmm. and it's like their, it's their big album. So I think that one's probably about an hour and a half long. It's like five tracks or yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Pyroclass, what, so what they did before and after every recording session is to like kind of reconnect and get in the zone to record life metal mm-hmm. they would do improvisations based on like uh modes okay so that's what these songs are are the improvs okay so the first track is in the mode of c and they would just sit there and all the musicians who were playing on life metal would just uh improv okay they'd do the drones they'd come in at different things uh, so they all kind of like trusted each other and reconnected so this, they called this album, like, a shadow of life metal. Okay. So they're not playing anything that's on life metal, but what they might be recording that day could potentially show up on here because, like, maybe they're thinking about it or okay. they thought it was a cool thing to do. So this is, this is all record, just improvisation? It's all improv, but mm-hmm. how they improved it is they had a uh, stopwatch, and they'd be like, okay, we're, uh, every song is 12 minutes long. Okay. And they'd be like, okay, we're doing this for 12 minutes. They'd press start, and they would just go for 12 minutes. That's and they really do it, cool. They do it every day, and then this was also recorded by Steve Albini. Um, it's gotta be. <laughs> so yeah, it's just these musicians just connecting and reconnecting with each other, kind of meditating and clearing their minds, just kind of like getting in the zone. So um, now I'm really interested because uh, because like uh, I'd I'd love to hear jam sessions bands had before the record's finished. Mm-hmm. I'd like to hear like uh, maybe the Genesis or what where their heads at. Yeah, and I like I think that's such a great idea of just okay, let's get in here and connect. So it's like mm-hmm. before we start recording anything, let's let's jam a little bit. Yeah. Like all you need, we need twelve minutes, twelve yeah. minutes, and we'll get in the headspace so we can go do this thing. And I think, as opposed to releasing B sides and shit, release your your jams, your <laughs> yeah, like yeah. connections. Um, and this was released on Southern Lord. Uh, okay. The record label, which uh, is re- legendary metal label, with Jeremy. yeah, which is owned by Stephen O'Malley and Greg Anderson. Okay, and they're I think like the top standard for uh, like vinyl releases. Yeah, because it's like they'll release it's all on like super high quality uh, like cardboard stock. The records are all super heavy, like they're minimum 180 gram. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, they're always released in really cool colors. Mm-hmm. I've said in the past I don't care about colors all that much. Yeah. Um, but it's like every album they release is like, oh, here's four different variations of it that have different <laughs> colors. Uh, the artwork is all like super high quality, printed on glossy paper. And so it looks like, like like sort of like a, a picture, you know? What I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's like they, a photograph. They really care about the art. Yeah, the artwork. Um, even the artists of uh, this particular album cover mm-hmm. said on their Instagram, like, uh, this is as close as you're going to get to actually just looking at this painting. <laughs> Um, and then they master it really well for vinyl. It's okay. all, uh, what I really like about this album and Life Metal is Steve Albini records solely on analog. Uh-huh. Then they master on analog, and then they print it on analog, so it, it's all, it, it, it sounds best on It vinyl. sounds nice. Yeah. Like, this, uh, Pyroclast 
feels good to listen to. Okay. Like I've listened to it and it's just like I like I feel like I'm being like submerged in like <laughs> not that this sounds good, but it kinda sounds comfortable. It's like being submerged in like tar okay. or lava <laughs> or something like that. Like ease in, sort of? Yeah, like I don't know. I, I've never watched like an ASMR video. But I, feel like, I feel like this is the closest I've gotten to like being all ASMR out is just like feeling better listening okay. to this album. Okay, good. Yeah. A lot of people have said it's uh, it's life affirming. Okay, wow, yeah. that's interesting. Way it's to put it. uh, it's interesting. Like I don't know. It's just there's no lyrics. There's not really much on there. Does it feel alive though? It does. Okay. Yeah. It. There's something about it. Because um, uh, the one we listened to is kind of sleepy. <laughs> Just yeah, now. it's it's surprising how interesting it stays for seemingly just being kind of sustained notes. Okay. But there's just lots of stuff that kind of just, like, bubbles up to the surface, and you're like, oh, shit. Um, I I don't know how you feel about it, uh, um, but I'm interested to see how it is. How many tracks is it? Four. Four? Okay. But each one's about 12 minutes. Okay. Um, but yeah, well... We'll see what you think. All right. Uh, so the you guys can this on Spotify anywhere. It's on Spotify. It's I think it's on everything. Okay. So um, I think the best way to listen to this is loud and uh, playing in open air, but headphones still feels nice to listen to. But it's like I crank this in my car. Okay. I crank it when it's at home. That sounds bad. Um, <laughs> I play it loudly when I'm at home. The the model or the not the model the catchphrase. The motto uh-huh. for uh, Southern Lord is maximum volume yields maximum results. Okay. And I think that's true. Okay. So uh, uh, either go pause this, listen to it, or uh, we'll be back in 10 seconds to talk about the record. All right. So that was um, Sun's Pyroclasts. Yeah. Uh, I'm very curious to hear what you had to say about that. Okay. And you are you are free to be honest about it okay. because I realize it is an acquired taste. <laughs> okay. So... Uh, I uh, am familiar with drum. Um, Are you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, this record shudders. It howls. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a, there's some subterranean beast yeah. trying to make its way out, trying to speak to you through the crust of the earth while you're <laughs> in a vast landscape. Yeah, I said this album, um, like, it's it's heavy. Uh-huh. Like, it's got guitars and stuff like that, but it's, like, heavy, like, weight Yeah, like, yeah. It feels like it's, like, weighing you down. Like, it's... If someone were to put what I think the sound of the earth, like, spinning sounds like... <laughs> you hear this? It, this is what it is. Or what the sound of, like, the sun burning sounds <laughs> yeah. like, is it sounds like this. So, this whole record uh, is sort of a feel. Oh, yeah. Um, it's hard to map, um... Like I, as a fan of sound, uh-huh. I enjoyed it. But I think if someone's a fan of, I'm gonna put this quote, music, right. I, I think they might have a hard time with this. I I had a hard time with Sun initially. Initially, like it took me a long time. I originally found them because um, I was on a music board. Uh huh. And people were posting just like, it was right around Halloween, and people uh, were like, sure. what's the scariest music? <laughs> I discovered a lot of my favorite bands in that one, like, discussion post. Uh, but Sun was posted for good Halloween music, yeah. and I will say, like, if you play Black One while people are trick-or-treating, people will not come to your house yeah. because it is scary. I discovered Godspeed you Black Emperor that oh, way, yeah. people thought. Uh, F-sharp, A-sharp, Infinity yeah, was yeah. kind of a scary, melancholic-sounding album. So but this... for the longest time, I just was like... This is stupid. Like, it's just <laughs> people playing guitar slow. That's dumb. And no. then it, like, clicked. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God. It's the sound. It's not the music. It's the sound. And it's cinematic, even. Yeah. Um, I, I got a lot of ideas, like, of scenes from Mandy while listening to this. Uh, well, perfect. I said this has the same pacing as, like, uh, kind of like an epically length movie. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was watching Midsummer, I think oh. I... I mentioned it to you afterwards. I didn't see it with you, but I had yeah. mentioned it to you later that like it Midsummer felt like watching a drone metal album. Like the pacing was the same. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of people or, say that Midsummer is slow. Uh, I don't like it's it's kind of like it's slow, but not mm-hmm. not in a boring way. Mm-hmm. It's slow paced. Like the I, Shining is the same way. I could see Sun scoring <laughs> Midsummer. 
I'd love, like, I'd love that. Yeah. Although I, I love the score for Midsummer, but uh, it's like I'd love to see them score some, at least some kind of like experimental mm-hmm. movie, like something that's like, what if it was just like the cover of the album, mm-hmm. like something <laughs> like that, like just short films or something so, like that. I'm gonna try to go for this track by track. We'll see what happens. So the first one is <laughs> Frost and the QFC, really just in C. Yeah, um, uh, which. Uh, I don't have much to say about this because I kind of got lost in the song and forgot to write anything about it. Okay, so I put sounds huge and guttural. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not boring, you just sink in. And it feels like it's louder. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is the first time since they have Steve Albini on it that they've truly captured what kind of like their live sound sounds like. Yeah, the guitars I'll, sound like guitars. The synths sound like synths. I've had problems in the past where... On some of their albums, they'll get these like droning guitar sounds, but they mm-hmm. end up they sound artificial, okay, in some way. But nothing on everything on here sounds super organic. So I'm kind of um, I'm kind of anxious. The word I'm curious, I guess. So it's what I said. How are some live? <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't. I've never seen them live, but okay. I want to. Yeah, I, I actually, heard they're fucking loud as shit. They're loud as hell. Let me pull up a picture of what their like amp back line looks like. <laughs> um, damn it. Oh, yeah, yeah, already. I did, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they have that many amps going. Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's it's a wall. It's a <laughs> wall behind them, and what they do to set the mood is they fill it, fill the place to the brim with fog. Like you can't see a foot in front of you is how thick the fog is. Wow! They dim the lights and they have uh, it's like just colored lights mm-hmm. on them. They're up there in druid robes and just going. Oh, so it's like you're. You're living in it. And it. Having the fog and stuff in there makes me, like, it, you get a visual representation of what I think the music feels like. <laughs> yeah. um, in fact, while uh, that last track was playing, I looked up videos of volcanoes erupting. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Uh, oh. There's something about the music, I think, like, but it so, uh, feels, it's, like, tactile. Like, you can mm-hmm. kind of, like, it feels like you can touch it. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the sounds that pick up, um, like... A lot of stuff through all the tracks, a lot of stuff just wiggles in. Yeah, it like bubbles up yeah. and then just gets reabsorbed. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's something about like the tactile feel in this. I'm a fidgeter, mm-hmm. so it's like no matter what, I'm always playing with something. Yeah. And this music kind of feels like that where it's like, oh, this is the part of the song that feels like the edge of a bottle cap or something <laughs> like that. Or like you get these just like little bits of like this sounds like something I've felt before, but I mm-hmm. couldn't describe what like the feeling was. Yeah, um, and, uh, you know, there, this has a lot of guitars, but it's hard to know where one begins and one ends because there is always something going on. Yeah, I actually, let me look it up real quick. I don't think there's that many guitars on it. Okay. Like, I think it's, at most, at any given time, maybe three. Okay. But it's, it'll either be two guitars or a guitar and a bass, which I guess that counts as a guitar too, but <laughs> yeah. they just... It's so like layered in like effects and feedback and uh-huh. stuff that it like it sounds huge. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's what I like about this record, how big it sounds. There's only five people on this album, and I don't know if it's five people on. No, it's not even five people on every track. It's, uh, it's mostly two guitars on each track, basically. I'm trying to figure out like how someone who doesn't know what drone is would react to this, right? Um, which I, I am worried to show it to people because it. Uh, originally, I had showed it to people when I didn't like it. It's kind of like a novelty. Right. Like, kind of like, ha, 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 let's laugh at this. And then kind of in enjoying it, ironically, I was like, <laughs> oh, this is fucking cool. Um, so maybe it'll be like that. But I feel like that's like a weird way to approach it. Just be like, check this shit out. And then they're like, that was stupid. <laughs> Without, like, actually sitting down and paying attention to it or absorbing it and feeling it. Yeah, it's... um. I, I remember listening to two sounds like this uh-huh. um, while working at a, this job I had in Texas, where it'd be like it'd be straight up like you know working on something, and an hour later it comes oh that's over, <laughs> like, and you're like oh my god it's been an hour yeah 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 that, it, that was hard to believe that was forty minutes that's going to go by pretty quick it does yeah like it's. It feels short, but then, yeah, by the end of it, you're kind of... Like, mm-hmm. it puts you in, like, a trance. It's weird. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's just entrancing. That's, that's one of the words this I album, used. This album makes me so relaxed. Like, by the time we got to uh, Amplifades, mm-hmm. it was like... I didn't want to fall asleep, 
but it yeah. was like I felt like I like could. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just like I just like felt loosey goosey. I felt good, but also I don't know if you were doing the same thing. I didn't want to move or do too much stuff like rustle papers or yeah, set the yeah. bottle down too hard. Because I, I was worried quiet. it was gonna like upset the mood. Like <laughs> something with like it's really heavy, but then the sound they create is it's like precious or brittle mm. or something where it's like me setting a bottle down too hard is like. Yeah. Oh, that disrupts it, and I'm pulled out of it for a second. <laughs> now it was a, I sunk in pretty pretty deep, and I I feel like it's something I could listen to quite a bit. Um, I have I I I've listened to this so much since it's come <laughs> out, and it's um it's again uh, very niche for people. I'm sure there's lots of people who would just be like, I don't get it. Yeah, and that's most people, I'm guessing. I think so, and it's not like. It's not like this is like high high level music or anything. I think there's definitely something more there's more primal about it. Like you yeah. don't really need to know any yeah, chanting all you almost like, like yeah, yeah it's kind of Gregor- like Gregorian chants or yeah. plain chants. Like it it's kind of simple, but there's just so much attention to timbre and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just sound. Like, like, yeah, like a. Uh, I mean, they were able to make beautiful sounds out of feedback. Yeah, we well okay. So there's a quote from uh dylan carlson the guy mm-hmm. from earth in an in a documentary i watched from them where he says the more notes you play the closer you get to noise and i want to stay by playing less notes you're closer to pure tone and so this and is it's like about this is like this is like tone yeah yeah but it's like as you play more notes you kind of get closer to like noise, I guess. Yeah, and the thing is about this record is that that the you know if it stays on one single note, there are so many avenues to find with that single note, like the, so many different ways to hear it. You know, like yeah, like, and like, they sit on it for long yeah. enough that you can. Yeah, and so not saying that you know all you know I'm gonna go upstairs and fuck with my acoustic and right find different ways to play that, but that somehow they were able to to twist the the note. Where it stays the same note, but you hear a different way. Yeah, know? and like I think it's timbre, like yeah. yeah, I think it's the timbre, and then it's you got these interplay of like these sub bass sounds uh-huh. that it like reacts with the sound waves in a way that you get these kind of like it like wobbles yeah. in a different way that it's like I don't know if I could put it to words or exactly explain what it sounds like, mm-hmm. but it's like it uh, you feel it changing. And here, those little static blasts like that bubble up. That's the way. They oh play. yeah, that that really puts a mood on these on these jams <laughs> yeah. yeah something about these tracks is like they feel like they're all smaller pieces of larger pieces yeah, yeah. like you just kind of i think it like, it like kind of fades in and fades out on each track or they stop but it feels like this thing can exist just forever like, oh, yeah, there's just yeah. some like eternal thing that's just floating in the air that they've tapped into for 12 <laughs> minutes at a time yeah it plays this forever in some whatever landscape you're in the uh steve albini i, I was really into um I mean, he, as far as I know, his his um recording style is that he tries not to fuck with the musicians too much. No, he's not a producer. He's uh, how he says it. He's not a producer. He's an engineer. Yeah. So it's like he doesn't really weigh in too much on stuff unless they like genuinely ask him if he has any ideas. Yeah. But for the most part, it's just like the musicians know what they want their music to sound like. Yeah. So they try to play it as live as possible with very few overdubs unless they ask for it and. That's what this. Is. This is a live I w- jam. I would have liked to be in the studio oh while this God. shit's going on. I want to. I want to be able to see it and see these musicians what they're doing. I'm gonna lay on the floor and <laughs> zone out. <laughs> uh, and even like, even not counting the songs themselves, like the space between songs, mm-hmm. like when uh, Frost stopped and went into Kingdoms, or when Kingdom, when I had to flip the record after Kingdoms get to the songs, like. You get a chance to breathe yeah, for yeah, a second yeah. before it's like you like just dive back into oh, this yeah, and you, thick you're in wall of sound. Giant blanket. Of yeah, sound. Uh, but it sucked. Not sucked. It's really weird. Like at the end, I don't know if you noticed it, but it's like once that album was over, is like everything just seems really quiet. Now. Yeah, right. And I'm just, just like, am I talking too loud? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was sort of the same thing. I'm like, wow, it's so nothing's happening. <laughs> yeah, it's still. It's very still, and it's. It's weird because it's almost like you're coming back to wherever you are with like new ears. Oh I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I haven't heard what this my def- house yeah. sounds like to, in an hour. Yeah, to like to come back from this unaffected would be a weird thing. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's where a lot of people are getting kind of that like life affirming yeah. thing that they're saying. Like, I don't know if I feel more like affirmed in my life yeah. from that, but it's. 
I feel like after listening to that are really a lot of just really good drone albums. Like you kind of, I listen, I listen to Earth's first album when I'm like super stressed out. Yeah, and it, it like it, it like clears me out. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it like it's some, it, there's something about it that it. It, it lets you it's very like meditative mm-hmm. trance like and then you come back from it you're just kind of like oh okay yeah things are like they're the same but i'm looking at stuff with a new light uh so and then we get to sorry that was a long tangent for frost but i didn't write anything down there so i wanted to just talk about the whole album okay uh we get to kingdoms yeah uh which i said slowly molds moves and entrances yeah. yeah this one was a cool one because it kind of opens with like this really low rumble that it's like you aren't quite sure if yeah. you hear it. Yeah, and then the ugliness creeps in. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm not ugliness not in a bad way. Yeah, well, it's like distorted guitars, things yeah. that are like traditionally ugly, but they're yeah. hitting these like really nice yeah. uh, like sonic intervals and harmonies that it's like, oh, that's really pretty. And I think this is a song where, um, where the guitar is most noticeable as a guitar. Yeah, because yeah. you get... It happens with the guitar. You get these like bent guitar notes that kind of like they'll like emerge from like the fog or the tar, like bubble to the top. Yeah, and then they just get sucked back yeah, in. Yeah, it's when like the, you hear the guitars turn on and creep in the door. You yeah, know? Like, <laughs> like they sneak in like while you're not looking, you know, and then they leave again. It's yeah, like like you said, lots of bubbling. <laughs> yeah, it's very it's very bubbly. It's a it's like a tar pit of an album. <laughs> yeah, um, and then we get to Amplifades. Yeah. Uh, in E. <laughs> what? In E, yeah. yeah. Yeah, all these songs, you'll see it if you listen to it on Spotify or if you just look at the back of the album. It's The song is like Frost, parentheses, C. Kingdoms, parentheses, G. Amplifades, parentheses, E. And then Ascension, parentheses, A. So you kind of know... That's kind of more for... Uh, people care. Um, people who know music yeah. theory and stuff so like it's, that. So it starts out radiating... Like this one radiates. Really yeah, it has that really cool. Like I don't know if it's somebody like plugging in a guitar yeah. or like hitting a guitar. But it's like this. Like it sounds like a thunder. It sounds yeah. like a thunderclap, but it's very clearly like something that somebody did to their guitar. Yeah, I said sort of, uh, underground but vast. It's a very vast. Like like mm-hmm. this whole record though is vast. Like like yeah. Like 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 pretend you're standing at the, you know, staring to the pit of hell, mm-hmm. and you hear those grumbles, the gutturals, the uh, the beast trying to get out. Yeah, and, uh, and this one. More than the others is kind of is feedback based. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you get a lot more feedback play where the other ones are like actual sounds coming from the strings of the guitars. Or yeah, the, this one has a lot of squall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but one part I thought was really cool that I kind of picked out is there's a part where like the bass is playing cleanly with just like some chords. Oh yeah, yeah. I, and you kind of hear it in the background. You get this like cool little like chord progression that's yeah. played yeah. faster than most things on the album. <laughs> but it's just like oh well, that's. It's kind of an interesting little thing yeah. hiding under these layers of feedback. Yeah, it could even be a bare, bare tongue guitar. I'm not sure. Um, oh yeah, it could have been that too. Yeah. Because uh, is this the third track? Yeah. So Amplifides is. Nope, baritone guitar was only on track one and two. Oh shit! So I think it is bass. No, it's not bass either. What the fuck is it then? Is, is it maybe it's just regular guitar? All right. I mean, that's that's wild. That's insane. Because I mean, but again, this whole record, this wall of sound. I couldn't imagine making that with just two people. Then a lot of it is just two people. Yeah, I actually think on this one it's mostly. God, I keep taking it out and putting it back in. It's it's mostly three to five people. Yeah, that's still a lot of sound for three to five people. Yeah, like, exactly. It like I said, it's it's vast. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of stuff going it's on. It's huge, and then that gets us into the final track, Ascension A. Yep, Ascension and A, which. This one, like, opens with, like, this really kind of high squealing note yeah. that, like, it almost, like, wakes you up. Yeah. You three tracks of just, like, oh, I'm so relaxed, just living in it. And then uh, you get this high note that you're like, oh, I got to pay. Uh, I'm awake. No, I'm still yeah, here. Yeah, I'm paying yeah. attention. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it's, and, yeah, you're sort of supposed to absorb it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and listen, you know. Uh, a lot of times when I just close my eyes and just take it in. Yeah, this is a great album for just kind of sitting there, eyes closed. Um, this song is the most just like straight tone oriented. Mm-hmm. Like they they rest on notes for a lot longer in this one than they do in the others. And they just kind of like, they sit there and they let yeah. those like, like single notes just ring out for as long as they can. Yeah, and yeah, there's that's... um. Like I said, like it also goes to explore the note, which is a weird thing to say. 
No, but it's there. There's yeah. there's always little like microtones bubbling up yeah. and little little like changes in timbre that kind of go in there. Yeah. Um, but even if you're not paying that close of attention to it, like I don't know, something about all of these songs, they just like they feel good. Oh, like yeah. you go back to like that like ASMR thing. Like yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. I like you feel the music, which is it's so weird. <laughs> but I love it. Like yeah. it's just the it's been a while since I've had something just like completely just like like wash over me. And you had it twice this year with Sun Records, at least. Yeah, yeah. And both of them did the same thing. Oh yeah. Uh, and this track also, since it's so like tone oriented, reminds mm-hmm. me of the last track or the last part of Earth Two. Okay. Which that whole album goes, but like it kind of starts with something that sounds like a Slayer riff, and then they just kind of keep slowing down and slowing down and slowing down and then it eventually gets to the point that it's just like they're sustaining a there's a point where they sustain two notes for like 15 minutes jesus christ the last song's really long but it, this song reminded me a lot yeah. of that just like little bits like bubbling up and doing this stuff well well um thank you for that <laughs> yeah i yeah, i was worried about this one but i'm i'm really glad you liked it no, yeah I, I mean i'm usually uh i'm usually down to finding anything i like about a record mm-hmm. and this one uh, this is the most enjoyable John record I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Sun, Sun knows what they're doing, yeah. and I think they've really knocked it out of the park this year. Uh, so if I were to put it in my yeah. ranking, yeah, I think this this specific one is it's impossible to separate from life metal. Yeah, because as they've called it, it's a shadow of life uh-huh. metal. So this one has to sit where life metal sits, mm-hmm. which means it's going to be in the, like the third position okay maybe bouncing back and forth between two and three depending on my mood my most favorite is monoliths and dimensions yeah like that album is just amazing like if you want to get into sun that's the that's that's what you should start with and that's just that's kind of that's going to be the one you revisit a lot there's a lot of interesting stuff on there uh my second favorite is probably black one Mm -hmm. or black one um Just because that one's cool, that one actually helped me get into black metal. Oh yeah, uh, but that one just has some really. I, the thing I like about black metal is its atmosphere, and mm-hmm. they're like, "Cool, oh, what yeah, if we what if we do the black metal atmosphere, but in drone, like yeah, yeah. the most atmospheric music?" <laughs> um, and then life metal and pyro class sit solidly at number three. Okay, they sound amazing. They both do some really awesome stuff, and neither one has a weak track on yeah. it. So three out of they've got a lot of albums. If we're not counting live albums, yeah, yeah, I know they do like also tour only records as well. They do, and I I have a couple of them. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they they do some cool stuff. They're one of those bands that um, they get invited to play a lot of interesting places. Okay, so one of the ones I have is called uh, I think it's Domkirk. Okay, which is uh, it's in an old like. Gregorian church is where they played it and a lot of the stuff is based around Gregorian chants like how they played so it's in kind of the same modes as those they've got a big ass organ that they play on nice the singing on it isn't metal singing it's like chanting I know that stuff some stuff with Scott Walker which is really interesting the Scott Walker stuff is crazy yeah yeah I imagine Uh, my phone's being shitty and not letting me uh, look up there here we go looking up their albums my phone does not want me to look up Sun I don't know why um, so out of all their albums, uh, they've done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And yeah, so these are three, three out of nine. Yeah. Yeah. My third favorite. you like the most, yeah. Yeah. And that's not including, that's just their studio albums. Yeah. That's not including EPs and remix albums and live albums, yeah. but their live albums are cool too. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. but yeah, that's, that was this episode. Yeah. Uh, what else, what else do you got going so on? So I do a movie podcast every week called Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do. We generally do two new movies and um, wherever you can find podcasts, just look up movies that don't suck and some that do uh, in Google. And we're at the top five, like, I think, uh, things that are on Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Where you find podcasts, you can find movies that don't suck and some that do. And this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Record Night. Uh, you got something else going on too, right? Yeah, I'm part of a uh, video game book club podcast uh, where once a month, decide what game we're going to play and then generally around the end of the month beginning of the next month we talk about it and it could be anywhere from our experiences to playing it or its influence in video game culture or pop culture just whatever sort of like 
related to this thing that we want to talk about, and it's kind of like a roundtable discussion about whatever game we decide to play. Nice. And that's only on YouTube at the moment. Yeah. Uh, we may get other stuff set up, but it's under the Cool Bandana Guys moniker. Yeah. We post it once a month, and then actually once a year we do a Game of the Year podcast. Yeah, it does take forever. Okay. Oh yeah, they're like five hours long. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to listen to a bunch of people talk about what games they like throughout the year, uh, check that out as well. Alright. Uh, well, that was Rick and I. I'm Chris. I'm Ryan. And we'll see you guys next time. See you next time.